Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. So we've been talking about having a fresh start, starting over. I want you to look at this. Um, in Psalms 19.13, man, I like this. It's, uh, and I know I didn't put some of those uh, things up there. Kind of left you hanging there. Clean this slate, God, so you can start the day fresh. I think it's the message. It, and it's in there, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Clean the slate, God, so we can start the day fresh. How about you with that? Keep me from stupid sins. Woo! From thinking I can take over your work. Then I can start this day sun washed, scrub clean of the grime of sin. Keep me what? Keep or clean my slate, God, so we can start the day fresh. Don't you want to have a fresh start? Amen? I don't know about you, but a fresh start with God is the way to go. You can get a fresh start with God, and he can wipe the slate clean. Amen? Isn't that good? That's what it says in Psalms 85.6. Psalms 85.6 says the same thing. Get a fresh start. Get a clean start. Get a brand new. Through repentance. Remember we talked about the power of repentance how important it was, you know what I mean? In Psalms 85 and 6, it says, revive us again, O God. You see that there? And I, I know you will give us a fresh start, then all your people will taste of your joy and gladness. Isn't that good news? Get a fresh start. How in the world do I get a fresh start? How do I find a fresh start? Well, fresh start means this. You're going to have to start becoming intentional with God. That is so important. I think that's so important. You're going to have to get intentional. So write this down, okay? You see that right there? You got to get a fresh start. Write this down. Number one, a fresh start with God means I'm going to have to get intentional with God. So this is what I'm saying. So now look at this, right? We went through. I got regret. We've been doing this for a while now. I got regret. I got problems. I made bad decisions. I messed up this God thing. I came away from God. I'm trying to come back to God. I ran away from God. We got everybody over here. I rebelled against God. I served God all the way. I missed it. Whatever. Whatever we put ourselves in, boom. So a fresh start means what? I got to get intentional. So now here's what I'm trying to do for the last one here. I'm trying to keep you in a place where this relationship with God stays on course and doesn't go all in, out, all in, out, keeping consistency. The number one way to produce consistency with your walk with God for me is through intentionality, okay? So intentional thinking means this. You got to do, start doing some things on purpose. You got to start doing some things deliberately. You got to do some things calculated, conscious, intended, planned, meant, purposefully, done on purpose, premeditated, pre-planned and preconceived. Did you get that? Now that sounds like a lot of words just to say you got to get intentional. So, you know, if you plan to fail, come on, right? <laughs> Don't have a plan. <laughs> if you want to plan to succeed, get one. You know what I mean? So, that's one of the things we got to do. Now, I want to explain that real slow. The plan is not sometimes um the plan has to have vision behind it. Where the vision's going, the restraint will be. But you got to get a plan. Intentionality multiplies each relationship that's important to us. 
whether they're work relationships, client relationships, personal relationships, basically it grows appreciation and if you give attention to it, it'll grow in intentionality. Intentionality helps us understand the purpose and the importance of every relationship we have. So you know what I mean? So like the guys have to be intentional with the wives. Parents have to be intentional with the kids. Women have to be intentional with their husband. You have to pre-plan in your head where this is going. Your life cannot be default. So what I want you to know is you have to become intentional with God. All right? So now I'm going to give you some principles that are going to help you as I'm sliding in here. I'm going to give you principles that are going to help you start to become intentional with God. Now here's the big thing. If you do not plan to spend time with God, you are not going to spend time with him. Okay? So first and foremost, write this down. If I Now this has a lot to do with starting over. If I'm going to continue the process of continual growth in God, I am going to have to change what I've been doing probably in seasons before. Meaning this, man, Pastor Chris, it seems like I just can't get this thing rolling. Well, here's what we got to do. We have to change what we're doing to get different results. Okay? You got, now you got to pull that in. So you, some of you are going, I run hot and cold with God. I got good seasons. No. Consistency. Intentionality. When you start spending time with God to draw closer, things got to change. Okay? Now this is, this is going to pull you in whether you see it or not. It's really important. You know what I mean? And I'm going to show you in Luke 15, 11, um, Jesus said, you know, once there was a father with two sons, and he starts breaking it down. I got it in this thing, and I want you to see it. We're going to talk about the prodigal, because within the prodigal, we see something here. Now, I'm not saying you're a prodigal. Some of you are. Some of you are. Some of you are like, messed, you messed up, you ran away, you know, you're coming back. But with the principles of the prodigal, you see two things. You see the heart of the father. You see a million things in this, but what I'm trying to show you in this series is the heart of the father stayed and remained the same. The one that went away that had to learn how to come back teaches a principle of how you learn how to come back. Does that make sense? So this is what we're learning with this. We're not per se listening. I'm not saying you're the prodigal son. Some of you might be, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, one, this is, a, this is a, um, a parable of how God stays in the posture of the father waiting for you to come home. And then the, the person separated from God is like the prodigal, okay, whose separation now has taken place. And he closes the distance of separation with decisions. And that's what you got to do. You have to close the distance. of. I said love is one of the greatest distance eliminators there is. You have to eliminate the distance that we allow to take effect in our spiritual life and our walk with God. We allow any relationship that gets distance becomes problems. Any friendship, you let too much distance, problems. Any marriage, too much distance, problems. Any relationship with your kids, too much distance, problems. And I'm not talking about geography. I'm talking about distance and communication and life. It causes problems. So look at Luke 15, 11. I got to read a lot. And I'm not going to read all of it in one shot. Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons. The younger came to his father and said, Father, 
Don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate, what belongs to me, right? So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings, traveled off to see the world. He journeyed a far off land where he soon wasted all that he was given, and he was reckless and wasted it on crazy living, okay? Um, he was just off the wall. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry. And there was a famine in the land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The, fire hired, the farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished, he was willing to even eat the slop of the pigs because no one would feed him anything. Humiliated, verse 17, humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing. And he thought, there are workers at my father's house who have all the food they want and plenty of spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house. And I'll say to him, father, I was wrong and I have sinned against you. Now, right there, Right there in verse 18, you got to see something. Now, I got a buddy of mine. He wrote a book about this thing right here. It was a good book. And he said this, he arose by his own effort. I never forgot it. I said, what do you mean he arose by his own effort? He came to his senses. He arose out of this pig trough by his own effort, meaning this. He had an internal discovery that I'm wrong and I sinned. Now, now, let me explain something to you. Now, okay? Now, this is, this is like, I don't want you to have a sin consciousness or a, a good and bad consciousness, but what I want to get you to see, and we talked about this, is if there's separation, it probably happened because of some sin. Now, let me, that doesn't mean gross sin. That doesn't mean, you know, um, look, for the New Testament believer, you walked out of faith somewhere. That's sin. You walked out of a system of belief somewhere and sin got in and created separation where there should be none. So it's like the New Testament believers walking with God and then we sin and separate. Now we don't separate sometimes because like, oh, my sin is, no, faith, when you step out of faith, you, you step into sin. When we step out of love, we step into sin. So you gotta be careful. I'm wrong, that's the first checkup, and I've sinned and I gotta fix this thing. The only way to truly stay intentional with God is you're going to have to reflect internally and make sure you're navigating straight in direction with the things of God. Otherwise, you might just get off track. And when you get off track, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Truth, once you get off the line of truth, man, it's easy to keep slipping. So that's why you got to stay as close to truth as you can. So if truth is here, the word of God, and you're here, and you say, oh, I ain't going to walk in love. Oh, I'm not going to. Now you're, you're, you're missing the bar, man. You got to stay close to the truth. And that's what happened. He said, I'm wrong, and I've sinned. Look at verse 19. I will never be worthy to be called your son. Please treat me like an employee. Because of his decision, he knew he damaged the relationship. So look at this. So the young son set off for home. A long distance away, his father saw him dressed as a beggar. Now, you know, we all read it. Like, his dad was waiting for him. Now, this is a big one, right? 
Now you say, man, my earthly dad ain't like that. I ain't talking about your earthly dad. I'm talking about your heavenly father's waiting for you. Even when you run away and you were crazy as crazy can be, he's still our heavenly father and still waiting for us to come home. So don't think there's anything holding you back from coming home. The father raced out to meet him. He swept him in his arms. He hugged him. He kissed him with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted him and said, Son, you're home now. Turning to his servant, the father said, Quick, bring me the best robe, the very, the, my very own robe, and I will place it upon your shoulders and bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on your finger and bring out the best shoe you could find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate for this beloved son of mine who was once dead is now alive again. Once he was lost, but now he's found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Now, y'all know this story, and I, I might as well just read all of it because it's going to be, I'm here now. With this one's on. The older son was out working in the field. When his brother returned, as he approached the house, he heard the music and the celebrating and the dancing, and he said, what's going on? The servant replied, your brother's home, your younger brother. We're celebrating his whole homecoming. The older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pled with him. Come enjoy the feast. And the son said this, Father, listen, how many years have I been working like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked me as a faithful son? I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you ever given me the goat that I could feast and celebrate my friends. But look at this son of yours. He comes back from wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living. Here you are throwing him a great feast and celebrating him. The father said, son, don't you know my son? You've always been by my side and everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to celebrate like this and be overjoyed because this brother of yours was once dead and gone, but now is alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he's found. I mean, I'll tell you what, isn't that the God's honest truth? But isn't that the heart of the father? You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of looking there with your, 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 your um, laundry list of things you did wrong, he's just ready to embrace you because you're home. And that's what I want you to know. God, just like this prodigal father, is standing there saying, man, look, I don't care how much time you wasted. I don't care how many years you squandered. I don't care how deep you got into sin. I don't care if you served me for a season and left. I'm just happy you're home. I'm just happy you're back. I'm not handing here with a laundry list of stuff you do's and don'ts. I'm just trying to help you get back on track. And I like this because the, so, the prodigal son understood this. He awoke. I'm off track. I'm not on. I got to get right. I got to get back. Now, the funny thing is this, you know, he didn't do this. Let me get it right, and then I'll come back. Let me fix it, and then I'm coming back. And he said, if I can get home, if I can back, get back to my father's house, everything will be all right. And that is the thing. Some of you are waiting before something happens in the earth before you come home. Cut it out. Just get back home. Now, what I mean by that is through the things of God. Some of you have let your prayer life slip in slumber. Some of you have let your word life Go by the wayside. Some of you have let even your church attendance 
Now listen, just because we ain't in a physical building, you got to watch online. You got to get disciplined to get in the word. You got to get disciplined to get in prayer. You got to get disciplined. You got to get disciplined to watch online. Sit there, take some notes, study the word of God, and get to another level. Here's some of the powerful truths I want you to do when you start feeling like, now this is the thing about God, draw nigh to me and I'll draw near to you. You got to come near God and God will embrace you. Stop wasting time and get back home. It's valuable. Time is precious. Write that down. I got to stop wasting time. We make so, I got busy, so I'm not, I'm not staying in the word. I got this, and I ain't been in prayer, and, you know, I haven't been watching online because, you know, it's a little weird. It's different for me. Well, guess what? Come to church then. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I got a job. We make excuse after excuse, but we need to learn that stop wasting time and get things right. Now, I want you to see Jeremiah 29, 11. This scripture right here is going to show you what happens when you get distance. I know what I'm doing. I got it planned out. Plans I got for you to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree. Now, you better pull that in right there. You better pull that in. When you come looking for me, you're going to find me. That's God. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed, God's great. I'll turn things around for you. I'll bring you back from all the countries which I drove you, God's decree. Bring you home to a place which I sent you off into exile. You can count on it. Did you get that? Woo! Did you pull that in? I feel the Holy Ghost there. Did you feel the Holy Ghost with that? Did you pull that in? Did you pull that in? Oh, I'm hoping you're pulling that in. He said, did you get, are you serious about coming back? Now, listen, some of you say, well, you know, Pastor Chris, you got to adjust that prayer life. You got to adjust that word life. You got to adjust that spirit life. It's important. He said, did you get serious about this? Are you really seeking me or are you partially seeking me? You know what I mean? Are you really, are you really pressing into me or are you playing around? Are you coming after me? You ever come after God? And not really want to know what God said? Okay, you can laugh now. You ever like come out, oh God, I'm coming, I'm seeking you, but I don't want to hear what you got to say? Yeah, I know. Now, this is a big one. Write this down. The prodigal son really didn't seek God, he sought himself. He just said, Give me my stuff, give me my inheritance, let me go. Did that, was that the will of God for his life? Obviously not. God did not want him going down a road that God did not have for him. If he was smart, he would ask God. God would have said, you're crazy. Why are you trying to leave here? You have to make sure that your decision-making has been filtered through the word of God and the spirit of God. Take your time. 
Just like the prodigal, he had a bright idea. I got this great idea. This great idea had led to a mess. This is important that you, that you allow these things to take place in your life in a timely manner and allow God to lead you. Why? Because number two, sin separates your conscience from God, not your position. Now, this is good stuff. His conscience got separated from God for sin. He even said, he said, I don't even deserve to be in this house. Now, you, you read that with me. Now, think of this, right? Now, watch this. You're going to see this here, okay? Watch this, watch this, watch this. Um, this is really kind of cool in a way. It's kind of like almost like, you, you know, you kind of, it's, kind of, it's not cool like in a good way, but it's kind of cool that we get to see it. He said this. He said, I have sinned, right? I was wrong. I want to go back to my father's house. I was wrong, and I sinned against you. And the King James says, I sinned against God. And it's true. Now, why? Sin separates your conscience for the believer, okay? Look at Isaiah 59, too. Now, we cannot be separated from God again because of what Jesus did, but our conscience can be separated from God because we missed the mark. There's nothing wrong with God. The wrong is in you. Your wrong-headed lives caused this split between you and God. Your sins got between you so that it doesn't hear. Are you here? Man, he doesn't hear you. Well, what do you mean he doesn't hear you? Because sin separated you. Now, I'm going to explain something to you. We understand the New Testament church, God hears you. Okay, but let me show you the same effect. Jesus came so sin could no more separate you. Jesus came so God can always hear you. Jesus came to restitute every sin you were ever going to commit, past, present, future. Great. We know that. Here's the problem, though. Sin messes with your consciousness. And even though positionally Jesus came so you don't have to be separated, your conscience is going to feel separated. Okay? Even though Jesus came so you could always pray to God, when you sin or miss the mark, it's going to separate your consciousness to even ask. You are not going to come running to God consciously if you feel like you've sinned because your own heart tells you. What happens is it still creates separation through the power of deception even though it does not have its force anymore, only in the consciousness of man. Does that make sense? It's a consciousness of it. Oh, I know I walked out of love last week. I don't really feel like my prayers are effective. Oh, I know I disobeyed God last month. I don't feel like running into his presence. That was the key that Jesus was explaining with the precious blood of Christ washed us free from the conscience of sin. It took away the conscience of sin, not just the position of sin, but the thought of sin. You become unconscious to sin itself. So, like, I've trained myself to not allow sin to separate me. You know what that means? I just, I just, I, you got to renew your mind. You have to take time to renew your mind. Do you make, does that make sense? Like, you getting it? Like, what do you mean, Pastor Chris? Like, if I messed up right now, I just go, Father, if I feel like I got to repent, Father, I repent. I'm as clean as clean can be. Because what I've gotten a revelation of over time was that this, remember this, I am not, I, I, I'm going to say this very carefully, I am not a sinner saved by grace. Okay? I don't see myself like that. 
Now, I understand the position of that. I, am, I do not, Pastor Chris does not feel like, ooh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know what I mean? I believe I'm a saint saved from sinning. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm a saint. Now, God made me in the kingdom, he washed me clean. Now, I can choose to walk out of faith and love. That's the only sin we're committing. See, this is funny. Judgment has already been passed over on the believer. You're not, when you go to heaven, you do not get judged whether you're going to heaven or hell. Christians got to learn this stuff. Okay? We had eschatology in Bible school. I'm not real deep on this stuff. I know enough to get in trouble. That's why I don't go there. So here's what I know. You do not go to the judgment seat when you, when, you, when you step over into glory, you and me will not go to the judgment seat of God. The people that are lost are going to go to the judgment seat. We're going to go to the, 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 it's called the Bema seat or the white throne of, 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 of God's mercy and justice system. That's works. So we get tried for works. Lost people get tried for their sins. Okay, so lost, it's sad, but lost people don't know no better. They go over like, oh, uh, you know, you see all this stuff all the time. People are like, oh, you know, they're in heaven. You better know they're in heaven. Because if they ain't born again, they ain't in heaven. And they, 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 when they, a lost person goes before God. Now, I don't know how this is, and I'm not going to experience it, so I can't tell you. So I got no DVD, and I don't plan on giving you a, a, a living epistle of this because I ain't going there. They will go before the judgment seat of God. They will not have the blood of the lamb. They, not by God's, I mean, can you imagine the anguish? By God's brokenness of heart, they will be banished to eternity in hell because of their, their lawless acts of not receiving Christ in the earth. And that is not God's plan for man. That is not what his desire. That's why we've got to preach the gospel. That's why the church has to do its part. But me and you will go before the what? The works judgment. What'd you do with this? What'd you do with what you knew? What'd you do with what you do with the what'd you do with the gospel? What'd you do with the obedience to your mission? What'd you do with your assignment? What did you do with, you know, being the person, the, the witness? How did you respond in your position as a husband, a wife, a kid? How did you handle your mission? What about the gifts? I went up, I gave gifts. What'd you do with your gift? What you do with the assignment? See, that's what you're going to be judged for. And that's whether you go into cheap seats of heaven or you get to sit in the grandstand with God. I don't know. I ain't, I ain't gone there. I tell, told you I'm not real good at that stuff, but I don't want to know. And everybody that tells you they know, I don't know how they know that. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, I know this. How do you know that? You know, whatever. You might, I, I don't know. I don't know how you understand all that. Just know you don't want to be the one at the judgment seat. You want to be at this, the, the, the works judge side. So you're saying God. So what am I going to have to do to keep this fresh start or this start over? You're going to have to get regular checkups. Come on. You got to get regular checkups. What does that mean? Look at 2 Corinthians 13.4. This is good stuff. 2 Corinthians 13.4. Message. He was sheer weakness and humiliation when he was killed on the cross. But oh, he's alive now in the mighty power of God. We weren't much to look at either when we were humiliated among you. But when we deal with you this next time, we'll be alive in Christ, strengthened by God. Test yourself. 
Man, ain't this good? To make sure that you're on solid faith. He said, test yourself. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. I hope the test won't show that we have failed. But if it comes to that, we rather the test showed of our failure than yours. We're rooting for the truth to win out in you. He's saying, check it out. Now, I know he's talking about like, hey, test out that you got God. But test that you got faith for where you're at. Get a checkup, man. I'm telling you this. What does that mean? Test yourself to make sure you're in solid faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not merely hearsay, that Christ is in you. So you're going to get tested at this stuff. You're going to get tested at the start over. How much do you want it? Why? Because you got to spend some time every day in God's presence. That is how the consistency and the habits of vision are performed in your daily walk so that of six months from now, you're like, hey, man, this ain't no option. I just get up and do it. Hey, this ain't no I told you a long time ago. Don't look, man. I understand this pain, this 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 whole season of COVID stuff we're in. No, I'm not trying to harass you with this, okay? But you need to be in church 52 weeks out of the year. You only need no day Sundays off. Now you understand what I mean by that. Now you say, well, Pastor Chris, I can't physically be in the building. You need to discipline yourself to watch church every single week. That's why we got you the app. It's mobile. That's why we got the YouTubes, the Facebooks, the videos, the go to the archives, get it. You Just because you go, I can't come this Sunday, I got a wedding. You better be ready for church on Monday then. You have to keep staying disciplined in here, washing. Uh, you don't let faith comes by hearing, not heard. I heard the word one day. Do you do, do, you do everything once? No, you got to keep continually washing with that word. You know what I mean? And this was so good. Pastor Chris, now I want to leave you with this. I was just sharing about this. I got a couple minutes. You need God's presence, not God's explanation. That is so good. I found this, right? I got the, I got the, 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 uh, the God's word translation. They see that there, that Psalm 37.7, I don't know what we got it in, maybe we got it. Surrender yourself to the Lord and wait. See that right there? Yeah, whatever you got it in. It says what? Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret thyself because of him who prospers who's doing wrong. Surrender yourself to the Lord, it says here, and wait patiently for him. Don't be preoccupied with the evildoer who looks like he's succeeding in his ways and carries out these schemes. Now watch this. One of the greatest reasons why people have setbacks is they struggle with contentment in their life because they're always looking for explanation about what's happening in their life. Now, this the godly contentment is a great game. Now watch this. People struggle here because they do. Well, you know, I'm not. I, I'm not content. Okay, yeah, I get it. We're, sometimes we're not content. But what do they do? Well, I'm not content because I don't know what's going on. 
They basically get, you know, they kind of get mad because God didn't offer some explanation about why you're going through what you're going through. Well, why doesn't he? Because sometimes you get tested. You don't think this start over is going to get tested? Remember Jeremiah? How bad you want? Is you really coming after me or are you just playing around? He's testing you to see if you will let go of control and learn to be content whether he explains it or not. That is powerful, man. God doesn't owe you any explanation for anything. And you wouldn't even understand it if he gave it to you. That's why he doesn't give it to you. Even if you get an explanation, it still wouldn't take away the pain. It wouldn't take away the process. It wouldn't take away the pressure. And I'm going to say this. You're not probably going to believe it anyway. Because God can sometimes tell you something but because you feel something different, you throw away what God told you and go, well, I don't even, that can't be it. You're not going to know why things are happening sometimes in life. God isn't going to give you an explanation, but he will test you. You know what I mean? And I, I was reading something that really challenged this thing. I started thinking about, you know, the kids are taking these tests. They had to go take it today. You know, the day I'm shooting this thing, I said, you ready for your test? What did I tell you? It's during school, there ain't no talking during the test. Teacher don't talk during the test. You should have been paying attention when the teacher was talking. When God is silent in your life, you're going through a test. Man, I'm going to say that again. When you don't hear God and he feels like he's a million miles away, you might just be in the middle of a test. The teacher is always silent. When the student takes a test, when God is silent in your life, your faith is being tested. Oh, my God, I got to say that again. You're going to be tested in this. Oh, you really want this start over? Man, I'm going to tell you, this is where I think happens. I think God goes, you know what? He qualifies you for a new beginning. Oh, he does. He does. The teacher is always silent when, his teacher, when the students take the test. When God is silent in your life, your faith is being tested. Will you let go of control or you're going to grab on tightly? Will you learn to be content when you're going through some stuff that doesn't seem comfortable this week, next month, next year? You don't really need God's explanation you just need to make sure you get in God's presence. And man, is that not the answer? Because I'm going to tell you why you need to start over. Everybody listen to me. This is prophetic. I said all this to say this. The only reason why you and I need to start over is because in the testing seasons, instead of staying in God's presence, we came out of it. And when you come out of God's presence in testing seasons, you discard promises you discard promotions, you discard areas of life, you put things on pause, you make mistakes, you think God left you, but I want you to know you maybe just failed the test that was in front of you. Don't get discouraged. Just get back in and go, guess what? I'm more prepared for the test of life now than I was last season because I learned something in this series to present me for the next season. That's what you got to remember. You know what happened? I said, well, man, this promise is taken. See, once you start coming out of the presence of God, you start wavering and waffling on those promises. 
once you start coming out of the place of staying in his presence, you start slipping on that promise. The stronger you are in God's word, now listen, I'm going to show you something here. He ain't even told you nothing. He has not told you nothing about what you're believing for. But if you stay in his presence, you can overcome the silence. Do you understand what I just said? You're like, well, I'm starting this business. And then God told me five years ago, start this business. You stay in his presence, time doesn't mean nothing about this business. But the minute you start slipping in his presence, you start getting pressured on that promise. And now you start slipping. And we threw it away. We threw it away. We made mistakes. We made choices. We sabotaged things we should have been setting up for our future because what we did was we didn't stay in God's presence because when I'm in God's presence, I don't even care about the promises because I'm so consumed with being content by his presence. The promise is just a benefit. When I lose the presence, all I look at is the promise and I go, where is it? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, bump it. Put it on the back burner. Stay in his presence. Pass the test. Let the silence come and go because I am in the promise of his presence. Stay in his presence. You see, it. if you're going to start over, you're going to get a fresh start. You're going to get a new beginning. You're going to start a new day. You're going to do this. The only thing you need to do for tomorrow is make sure you get in his presence. All that other stuff will work itself out right because when I'm in his presence, I'm content because I have fullness of joy. You understand what I'm showing you here? Stay in God's presence. Don't let nothing take you out of God's presence because as long as you stay in God's presence, you can have a brand new beginning each and every day because otherwise all that other stuff is going to get noisy. It's going to be pressure filled and it doesn't have to be. Just because you walk through the silence of a season doesn't mean, doesn't mean God is not working on your promise. But the easiest way to navigate the seasons of life is stay in God's presence. How do I keep the start over? How do I stay in the start over? How do I have a new life? How do I have a new plan? How do I get a new posture, a new position, a new power, a new place, a new set, ready to go? I'm set, ready to go. How do I do it? Stay in his presence. Look for his presence each and every day. Get in his presence each and every day. And when you get in the presence of God each and every day, you will overcome the pitfalls of regret. His presence will help you, lead you, guide you, and sustain you. Amen. Let me pray for you. You guys did great. It's been a great series. Next month, we're going to be pressing in even more. We're changing things up. I really like coming to you with Wisdom Wednesdays. Please share this. I need you to make a commitment to be watching every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, sharing this getting it out, getting it to the friends, get it to your party, put it on your Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it on every platform you have, go to YouTube. If you don't know how to do it, subscribe to the YouTube channel, get this thing out. The more we press it out, the more we help people. You know why people need to hear that message? Like, man, pastor, my life seems like it's a constant redo. Yeah, because you ain't staying in the presence on the daily. If you stay in the constant presence on the daily, you're not looking at all this stuff. I'm consumed with God's presence. Promises don't pressure you as hard. 
Plans don't pressure you as hard. Promotion won't pressure you hard. Life won't pressure you hard because I am staying in the presence of God no matter what. Amen? Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I think you're keeping them, you're leading them, you're guiding them, and you're helping them. Thank you that they are going to take the presence of God and push through the start over, the redo, the brand new beginning. We're living beyond regrets, and we're walking in the plan that you have for us in the future. I thank you for blessing them and keeping them and watching over them all the days of their life. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Praise the Lord, guys. I'm excited. Can't wait to see you 9, 1030 online this Sunday and 1030 in person. We're sharing the word of the Lord, and it's changing your life. It's changing my life, too. I love you, and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.